The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Revely, revely, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. We're drinking on the job because we are professional. Hi, everyone. That's Brian Campbell. I'm Luke Thomas. It's the Viceroy, the Prince of Connecticut. It's the D.C. Dirtbag. Together, we form a team known only not as Voltron, but as Morning Combat. We are live at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. The award-winning. Excuse me. The award-winning. Morning combat at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Tampa, Florida, BC. Which I which I've been told by a few people now that it's Florida's best kept secret. No more, Luke. Okay. Yeah, it used to be COVID, and apparently now it's Tampa. So take that for what it is worth. Uh, but we are here in sunny Tampa. By the way, I have to say, sprinkled a little bit. We were talking to Tyron Woodley. We were at the open workouts today. They were just behind us. Yeah, they just took the ring down. You can, can see, see it, it there, yeah. And there were some Instagram models on the other side with their underwear hiked Not up. Not staged their, at all. And hiked, uh, hiked up their rear ends. Jake did a few laps, literally. <clears throat> with, with, with shoes on, and then he did his interview with us in goggles. This is regular morning combat. We're doing it in the evening, but we have a lot to get to today. We'll talk about that fight. We'll talk about what's coming up at the UFC this weekend, and then that's going to be it. We're going to punt fan subs until Friday's show. Does this shirt make me look fat or is it just my diet? I think you're just your fat face. It really yeah. is. <laughs> you know, every watcher of this your show's history... Your body is not actually that fat. It's your stupid face <laughs> that's so fat. Every single uh, BC hater in the history of the show assumes I'm five foot six, Luke, because I got that fat face, so I must be. Yeah, you're not. You're actually pretty tall, but, but people get that part wrong, but... Your must, face is atrocious. It must be my diet and the, ra- the way I was raised, but I'm working on it. Um, Luke, we are here for the Woodley Paul 2, Paul Woodley 2, whatever you want to call it. That goes down Saturday night, Showtime pay-per-view. Um, Showtime.com slash PPV, you can order that right now. Yep. So get ahead of that, guys. You're not going to want to miss that. Outside of the U.S., you can get it on Fight.TV. Um, this should be a big deal, and we're on the grounds for that. You mentioned we're going to talk UFC, but I'm still basking in the glow of our great accomplishment, the World MMA Awards Best MMA Programming, which is only we can only brag about it because it's the fans who did. Yo, you did this shit. I didn't. Yeah, you know, we didn't do that. That was that's on you. You're gonna have to deal with the repercussions of that. So once again, uh, one more victory lap, and you know we could be in a worse spot, Luke, than literally by the pool here at the Hard Rock. I mean, I could think of worse. We we are not in a van down by the river, and there's another another level of congratulations that go in order. The gentleman sitting to my left is going to be one of the new faces you're going to see. On Showbox this upcoming year, BC is a commentator on the esteemed Showboxing series. 
And uh, I'm pretty proud of you. You know, for a moron who's got substantial brain damage, you've done really well for yourself. Wow, thank you. Well, the, the, the team with a little uh, around-the-horn applause. Very excited about this opportunity. The first Showbox card, Showbox the New Generation, of the new calendar year will be January 7th. So your boy BC will be down in Orlando with the great Barry Tompkins. God, Barry Tompkins at 80 years old. He was the voice of my boxing youth, and now I get a chance to work with him. Of course, Raul Marquez and the great Hall of Famer. Who's Steve a great Farhood. dude, by the way. And Farhood as well. Farhood's still part dudes. of the broadcast remotely, but Raul Marquez is a great dude, the former world champion. So January 7th, a nice triple header. All six guys on TV, unbeaten records. That's what you want. Perfect. That's well, you congratulations, want. dude. I'm yeah. very proud of you. I know... I know how hard you've worked, and I know... Uh, I may play an idiot on TV, but behind the scenes, Luke, I'm, you're hustling. I'm, I'm an idiot. Making, <laughs> making, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. making moves. Yeah. Uh, BC, I, 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 didn't RJ Dunkelmaker... Yes, thank you for Tell that. the folks the good news. The good news for all you lovers of what we do merch-wise. Morningcombat.store, our home, your home, to be wearing our faces on your body, which could be the chest with Luke's uh, Mexican-inspired... Dia de los Muertos. It could be in the form of Factory Town MMA. It could be in the form of an MK Drug Rug. Oh, we're back? Yeah, we're back with a bang, baby. MK Drug Rugs 2.0 are available right now, today. If you purchase them during this show, during this episode, I believe you can get a great deal. Uh, how much would that cost you? 69 69 dudes. Special price for this opportunity. Uh, Luke, we put them on sale for a short period. They, they sold out in an hour. Okay, that's how many people want to look Crazy. like the heroes of my hometown, Naugatuck, Connecticut. If you're wearing a drug rug at age 17, yo, that means you get that means you, you, you're getting shit done. Not you know, not not in terms of creating the boundaries and foundation of a strong life, but you're living. You know, you're living. living. Doing lots of drugs. L I V I N, right? You know, <laughs> I get older, they stay the same age. That's what I'm talking about okay. right there. Jesus Christ, you're gonna get us fired. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So yeah, I know. <laughs> that's a days to confuse reference. Even, okay, I'm not, even uh, the producers are like, <laughs> they're like, Jesus Christ, don't get canceled on yeah, the air. Yeah, well, we do have live drinks right here. So um, uh, the the drug rugs would be seventy five dollars normally. So get your discount now. And I got one more thing to say about it. If you order in the U.S., I know we've been saying, come on, guys, order, or it's not going to get there in time. If you order in the U.S. before Friday, you will get that shit on Christmas morning. That's what our that's RJ Dunkelmaker's guarantee, okay? All right. Um, so there you go. If you want to wear hideous clothing, you can get it pretty quickly, but you got to make a move on it right now. And uh, by the way, who 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 pockets the profit on these cuz we don't. We should probably fix that. We should get a cut of the store. Wait, you want you want what do you want? 5 cents of every drug rug? I want $5 on every drug rug. I want it put tariffs on this merchandise. Uh, out loud. All right. Uh, Luke, a member of your fraternity, one of your fraternity brothers, he's joining here. us on location today. He is, I said, here. let's interview him. You're like, I don't want the motherfucker on the show. No, he's an attorney. He doesn't want to do all that stuff. But, um, yeah, he's here. My, my wife has actually never met him and thinks he doesn't exist because we only text. But yes. I, now I have seen him. I have a texting relationship with many men, and uh, my wife probably feels the same and way. And you have many more men who just give you underwear, which is apparently a normal thing. Um, shout out to your buddy, Rich. Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. From uh, what's your what's your fraternity from William and Mary? Again? Sigma Pi. SPI? Sigma Pi. That's S and P. S and P. S and the P want to get with me. Cool, right? Hit the skins. Exits that way. All right. I'll bring the 90s back with me. Uh, Luke, anything else we should be talking about before we get into uh, all things Paul Woodley UFC Fight Night this weekend? One more reminder. We are going to punt on fan subs today, but only because we're going to do them on Friday. So morningcombat at gmail.com. Morningcombat at gmail.com. That'll be the place you want to send in your fan subs. 
as well as your dead wrongs. We'll do both of those on Friday's show. And also, just a reminder, uh, Woodley Paul coverage. Luke and I just host the open workout right here. Tomorrow is Thursday. Luke and I will be hosting the final press conference between these two at 1 p.m. Eastern on the social channels of Showtime Sports on YouTube and also Friday's weigh-in. We will be a, uh, a big part of that as well. I also hear um, one Ariel Hawani could be in town this week. So We'll see how that goes. Yes. Could be kind of fun. All right, for today, let's get into it. We don't have a whole lot to do in terms of the top-to-bottom storylines, but we'll start with what is most prominent. The biggest fight this weekend, of course, the rematch between Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley. We were here at the workouts today. BC, I will go first to you with this following question. Biggest takeaway. From today's event, anything you picked up on, I'll say for me, and I wonder what you think about it, and you can add yours, their energy was very, very different this time I will. You, you, you pointed that, that out properly, and anybody that wants to see either the way in stream or our interviews with all of these big names from Frank Gore to Darren Williams and beyond, check that out at YouTube.com slash Morning Combat. But um, you're seeing a happier Tyron Woodley from the tense, I'm going to prove you guys wrong, that we saw on August 29th that week in Cleveland, where Tyron Woodley still was, I mean, still very new to boxing, but he was very, very new to boxing. I thought he acquitted himself well, and I think he did too in that first fight, losing an eight-round split decision, but certainly as the narrative has become, there are room, there are room for improvements where he maybe could have and should have done more. I see a guy more happy with the situation. What's the situation, Luke? Tyron Woodley woke up to a phone call and a bag of money that he's going to fill in for Tommy Fury last minute, but I think he's very much a live dog in this fight. I think he knows that from what he learned from that first fight. I think there's more pressure on Jake without question than Tyron Woodley, and Tyron Woodley gets that, and maybe that can help him unlock whatever it is inside of him, Luke. Yes, he's 39 years old, but whatever it is that's preventing him, and we saw this at the tail end of his UFC career, we're seeing it now in boxing, from really going after it and being the best he can be. If he can figure that out, I learned today, I learned this fight week that he's in this He's in this event. It's come Saturday night. Yeah, my, my biggest thing I took away was Tyron had this, like, almost happy-go-lucky attitude. It's a little strong, but something like that. And Jake had this, again, well, you can think it's phony or not, an air of inevitability to him. Like, yeah, utterly yeah. confident that what he got last time was more or less, in terms of what Tyron can offer. Are you supposed to eat these things, Luke? Not like a, <laughs> not like a barbarian. <laughs> Like Conan? He's like, hey, can I shit on your floor? I'm not housebroken. I'm not going to let you make fun of my eye, though, at all. Dude, do it. Teach the guy low about the magic, low pan. Look at, watch him eat. One eye no, shuts, no. and he looks like Egg Shen from Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> and he doesn't want to teach kung fu to the guy low. Look, normal. Just normal. Look at, look at you, barely hanging on with your fat, stupid face. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that guy with the wood back there, right? That guy's wearing a Bad Bunny t-shirt, the guy carrying that yeah, wood. He is. Yeah, yeah. Bad Bunny's yeah. awesome. I like Bad Bunny. Um, but I thought that... I thought that... J- it, they don't have anything else to say to each other anymore. I mean, they said everything they could possibly say. Unless the results in the boxing ring change, this this relationship can't go any further than what you've got. They've, they've maximized this version of it, I feel and, like. And maybe in terms of trash talk in the moment, but uh, obviously some things that we talked about earlier. What if Ty Ridley does win this? What if he cashes in that knockout clause that's part of his contract for the $500,000 extra? Could it lead to a third fight? Could it lead to the changing of the of the, of the the flow here of the story in this rivalry? It probably could, but that's, that's talk for another day if he can get there. He's got to redeem himself, meaning Tyron Woodley. He's got to take advantage of this opportunity. Again, I think he sees that. I think with Jake, though, um, let's be fair. Let, let's call a spade a spade. You ready? Okay. Let's be real here. Real talk like men do. 
Are you about to tell a racist joke? <laughs> wow. I don't think Jake liked it when he brought out the idea when he had, we had him sitting right here of, of fighting Canelo, the number one uh, yeah, money I couldn't, earner. I couldn't. I didn't know how to. When he was like, I'm going to fight Canelo, I'm like. Probably not. From his point Probably of view, not. his take is: Look, I'm the number one. I'm the number two money earner in this game behind Canelo right now. You know, in terms of a draw, let's just fight each other. We both were like, there are levels to this, and that experience gap. It that's that's a bridge too far. I don't think he liked. I know he didn't like that we that we said that, and that's the competitor inside of him, Luke. Yeah, but, I mean, um, on one level, I listen. You ha- you want to do what he does, or any fighter for at any level, amateur or professional, you have to have a little bit of delusional self confidence. I don't say it as an insult. I say it as a literal requirement of the job. And so I don't think that, as silly as it sounds to me and Brian, and probably to you as well, that he thinks he's going to fight Canelo. I do think a fight with Nate Diaz, who was here today, who was supposed to do an interview with us and then bailed out the last second, but whatever, that's typical. But the point being is he could do that fight. He could do, I could see a Connor potential boxing match. I do think that is realistic. And those would be massive money earners. Dude. There's big fish to fry from. What what does Canelo get out of it besides big money? But Here's my point. Dude, he got $50 or more to fight Caleb Plant. Like... I don't understand what the incentive would be for Canelo. He already gets enormous paydays, and yes, it would be easy, but he's trying to go in the get, opposite direction. Maybe getting them clicks from the uh, from the YouTube generation. Who knows, Luke? It's money to be printed anyway. I don't know if he gets there, but the point is he's ambitious, meaning Jake Paul. He's He knows that there are big fish to fry, which is what you identified. If it's Nate Diaz or Conor McGregor, if they could ever make something like that someday at the celebrity boxing crossover level, it you couldn't put a ceiling on the potential buys. He's got to beat Tyron Woodley, though, a second time for that to still be a reality, Luke. He has to also realize, and I think Jake has done this, and we talked about this, he made a certain level of mistakes in that first fight as well. He got a split decision win that, although I'm more comfortable saying I watched the fight, he was the better fighter, he left some doors open that I think that was the wake-up call that Jake Paul, who's taking this uber serious, realizes he's got to fix some things out of this rematch. No doubt about it. I mean, there's a lot. I actually went back and I looked on tape at what, both of them offered the first time around because the first time when I was watching, I was talking to, to BC about this. I was just waiting for like the worm to turn for the action to develop that I never paid attention to what an absolute barbarian my co-host is who is eating quite literally hand to mouth uh, like a Neanderthal. And then the other part was I didn't notice was um, th- there's a lot they got to fix in, in this fight. Did you notice that Jake Paul cannot create offense moving to his own right. He can create offense moving to his left, and he can create offense moving to his left, then right, then stopping, then going straight. So in other words, he can go straight or he can go to his left, but he can't create offense moving to his right. One wonders if the team of Woodley, who let him roam before, would be more inclined to force him to his left, where he is much more defensive, and you could then annihilate him seemingly if you could make that work I, I i find that what did you make of woodley saying like oh i was just kind of getting my feet under me for the boxing contest context that's why i didn't throw as much well i think look, if it wasn't for the four mma fights where he also didn't throw i would be more but let's, let's be but, fair after that stretch he threw against 
uh, Vicente Luque in, in Tyra Woodley's final UFC fight. And yes, it was a knockout, but at least he went out, quote-unquote, on his shield. I didn't love everything about that. It was a little bit reckless, but he was like, I, I can't lose another one where people are saying, why am I not let my hands go? Did he have a moment like that against Jake Paul? Yes. And I thought it was a key question that I asked Jake Paul's trainer, uh, BJ Flores, who, who got up. We up, talked to you for 45 seconds. Yeah, he got upended and inter in, intercepted by Jake, which is fine. But, what, you know, I asked BJ, when you look at what Tyron didn't do in, in anticipation of if he could correct that, was it because of age? Was it because of fatigue? Was it because of bad game planning? You know, or was it the fear of fatigue of I got to make sure I have the gas to finish this fight? They say all the above. It probably is, but some of that I think Woodley realizes he didn't even understand properly how to game plan for boxing. It's different. This was his first fight. Uh, he realizes now, Luke, that those openings, those opportunities, sometimes they they barely show up if they show up at all. And when they show up, you've got to fill that spot. You've got to step in. When in fourth round, when he hit the left hand, the biggest punch of the fight, back Jake into the ropes, probably should have been called the knockdown. We got to see the Woodley that follows up on that, not only immediately after, but even that next round where I think he let Jake off the hook, even if it was to preserve his own stamina, not knowing he's got to be willing, Luke, at the very least, and I think you can agree with this, to to be ready to risk it all to try to win it all. And when when I say risk it all, I mean Jake or Tyron. Tyron. And when I say risk it all, I mean not only leaving yourself open because you're going to have to exchange, but you got to take the risk that your gas tank may not be able to go. You know, you got to you got to take advantage of the opportunity. I feel like he gets that, Luke. And I think adding mm. Dean Thomas to the team, oh, which I has can. Gerald Tucker as the lead trainer. We all know Dean from the MMA side, ATT. Now, although he's no the, no longer there. If they could work on the mental side, on, on letting go more, and just saying, look, this is your opportunity. You got the bag, man, but you could get another bag if you get a big win here. If you get that 500K, you there's... You get numerous bags if yes. he looks good here. But the problem is if he doesn't, like, dude, if you have four MMA fights, well, he, he threw in the Luke fight, but it didn't go his way, and, you know, there was an issue there. So if you have basically three and, and some change MMA fights, and then two boxing fights... And after all of that, you're not throwing. What are you supposed to tell your next opponent and promoter to get you to sign them? I mean, that's not saying he won't or he can't or that I'm discouraging it. Rather, I'm just saying here is a grand opportunity for Tyron Woodley to finally silence critics who say he is just he's washed. Some will say that he is far past it. Whatever you want to say, this is an opportunity to go and throw. And I think even if he loses, but he at least shows volume, activity, offense, willingness, I think that a pulse. That, yes, that alone will secure better chances of fortunes in 2022. But if he goes out there and is like, "Oh, did I eke out five possible rounds?" And the you know, again, we said it on the broadcast. He had of eight rounds in his last fight, seven of them he only had one recorded jab, one jab per round for seven rounds of eight. Dude, you can't do that again. You me, just can't do that. Let again. Let me ask you a question, Luke. Right, you ready for this? Me. There's a lot of names on this undercard below Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley who are rematching Saturday night Showtime pay-per-view. There's everything from the NBA versus NFL matchup to Amanda Serrano getting one more, maybe the final close-up before a Katie Taylor fight. Who do you think on this undercard used the media day to kind of grab the attention and say, I'm here? The most, the best. Who? Liam Paro was Jake, the guy. You know, that Jake, came on here. Jake. Of, no, of, the undercard. Oh, of undercard. not including the main event. That, um, that, yeah, that's that's how you define the undercard. I know. I barely listen to. Um, maybe Frank Gore. Yo, Frank Gore is he's coming to fight. Maybe bro. Frank Gore. Yo, Frank Gore is coming. I I almost want to pull Darren Williams aside, be like, man, you're an amazing athlete. You may not be six seven like some people thought, but um, <laughs> that some people were willing to fight over because they believe in their takes. Um, you but, thought Santa was real until you were twelve. I mean, but uh, yo. 
Frank Gore's coming. To, he's coming to get revenge on that 2000 election. He saw what happened to Al Gore. He's coming for it, Luke. Okay, he's coming for so it. So in Bush v. Gore, yes. Frank was the v. Gore. Yes, he was the uh, v. Gore. Courtney, is there any chance I can have another drink? I oh, polished oh, please, mine off. Courtney, me as well. I want to get more weird fruit. Thank you. Thank you very much. What did you order? A, a pina colada. Getting caught in the a rain. Penis colada. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. You know what they said about this show? Do it short and do it. Do it wild and weird you know i don't want your filthy coronas Corey's like yo i got these coronas man i bet you do have corona virus wow wow all right hey Uh, hey guys matt snyder right here uh there's our our show top producer show top producer you know this is also the look he gives us when we ask him where our money is yeah yeah he just keeps moving right there uh all right luke frank gore is going to be in there against darren williams i care about them to be in good shape i care about it more than i did coming in and i did you know a decent amount i think the also i care more about this than ocho cinco versus um some guy from the woods for Mac, Brian Maxwell, yes, right from Moonshine County, right? Yes, have yeah. you ever had moonshine? No, I haven't. I've actually had real moonshine. That will that will fuck your world up. Let me tell you. This, I thought this was one of the, one of those Luke Trap questions where you you float a question, you throw out like that jab that's like purposely slow. You're like, Yo, BC, you ever had this food you never heard of? And I'd be like, No. And then you'd be like, You got that story, right? And, and the food about will, that time in Europe that you were there. And, and, and the food will be like chimichurri. He's like, I've never heard of it. I'm like that's because you're a rube from the middle of nowhere. Um, I think Gore versus Darren Williams. Frank Gore could be uh, some entertaining theater. I agree. And they're both great athletes and. Frank Gore, he didn't, like we said during the broadcast, he didn't use that time in the ring for a photo session. Nope. He got that sweat up, and he's coming. So, um, and how about, I have to tell you, another sort of angle to this whole thing, in addition to this fight where we had Darren Williams come out, who was with Safe Saud, again, the head of Fortis MMA. He was here. We talked to Safe very briefly. He came by our position by the what was then the ring before. There's a weird MMA boxing crossover element to this entire card where Tyron Woodley, former UFC fighter, Nate Diaz is cornering Chris Avila, who we also spoke to as well. Safe Saud is one half of the ownership group uh, behind Fortis MMA and go along with Darren Williams. And it just sort of goes on and on. There's a ton of MMA built into this event, even though it's obviously strictly boxing. Yeah, I mean, this is also the best you know MMA programming for uh, 2021. Award-winning MMA so programming. It all comes together there. Luke, um, will they bring us our drink before we're off the air? That's it's a fair question. Uh, um, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. it. It's some of it's a little bit weird. Some of it's uh, mixed match, mismatch, fun. NFL versus NBA. We'll see how are, the Sunday. Are you are you with me that every event needs to deliver on some kind of way? The first one was expertly promoted. Yes. This time around, they don't have that same level of promotion just by virtue of time and the late change and everything. They got to deliver in the ring, and that's Dude, they the main event. That's the they main event. Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley to keep the momentum going for whoever wins, whether that's building toward a third fight, if that's the way they go, if Woodley won, or if Jake Paul uses this as another stepping stone to take, you know, a Tommy Fury level fight or beyond next time. If he wants to get into the Nate Diaz conversation, all of that, he's got to win. But I think for the genre right now, which is a balloon, right? We're, we're, it's a balloon. Okay? It's a balloon right now. It's still full, though. And they got to keep that going with action, with, with uh, the kind of entertainment that's sort of like, okay, we know the ability level is only here, but the want level is that up here, Luke. Okay? Frank Gore wants this shit. Wow. He certainly does. And both of them are noncommittal about 2022. Right? They're always like, let's see how this one goes on. Saturday, probably the right attitude. I, if if they look good enough, who wouldn't want to see more? Provided you could do something similar with a similar kind of opponent, you're not going to get the third all-time leading rusher in the NFL. But you know something along those lines. Sixteen thousand yards, even. I know it's crazy. Number three all time. You could win some bets at like you know some sports bars with that. Like who's the third leading rusher all time? You'd yeah. be like, I don't know, Dickerson. Frank Gore. Uh, 
Dude, he's Payton. behind. He's behind only Emmett Smith and Walter Payton. Yeah, that's, that's pretty wild. That's, that's ridiculous wild. that he's been that good. So, looking forward to that one. Amanda Serrano will be in the co-main event on this card. But again, BC, it's it's sort of like. Okay, it's good that she's back. She had yes. a high-volume, decent performance last time. She'll probably have something similar here against Miriam Gutierrez, but this is the Katie Taylor tryout, right? I and mean, I think this is the final step. Katie Taylor just fought last weekend on DAZN, had a nice win. If Amanda Serrano, which, by the way, this is not some soft, you know, stay busy. She's moving up in weight, two weight divisions to lightweight, taking on Miriam Gutierrez, who has a title there, uh, or I think it's a secondary title because Katie Taylor's undisputed in that division, but it's sort of like, you know, you're fighting legit people to get to that point. Did we have to wait this long? The pandemic got in the way. Some debates over money got in the way. But what is not in debate is that Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor are at no worse two of the three best pound-for-pound pound boxers alive right now on the women's side. Clarissa Shields in that conversation. It's obviously we've had more names to talk about in women's boxing in the last two, three years than a long time before that. This is a great time. And, Luke, uh, I don't want to stop being the one who says this out loud. Like People are legit saying if... Serrano gets by Gutierrez, and this is maybe a great chance in her first fight officially with Jake Paul at MVP, MVP promotions to flex a little bit. I'm the pay-per-view co-main. That Katie Taylor fight could be the greatest fight in the women's history on paper. And that's like, you okay, sometimes we attach that hyperbole to try to sell it more or whatever. This is, it earned it. I mean, the, you know, like, the, you can't find, I mean, you could find, like, Leila Ali versus uh, Jackie Frazier. You know, it was another Ali Frazier that sold a lot of money. Everyone knew who was going to win. This would be the yeah. opposite of that. Yeah, this would not be that at all. Who was the lady who did the Netflix documentary? Uh, Christy Martin. Christy Martin. She got walloped by Leila Ali, but that was a pretty big fight um, for its time anyway. Yeah, we've had a few of those where it was like, okay, the star of the moment against another star. Right, and, but there was a big weight class disparity in that yeah. fight. And I mean, we never, got, the same we never got Ann Wolf versus Leila Ali, right. which, which that era needed, but this would be the fight of this era. That would be a hellaciously great fight. The pace that Katie Taylor puts on, but yet uses technique and volume with Serrano, who can fight every style. I mean, give me that, Luke. A southpaw against, in the crowd, if they did it in NYC at MSG, which there's some talk with, would be insane. Imagine if they did it in England. Would be insane. If they did, in, if they did in, that in, in MSG. Imagine if they be. did that in, in Ireland, where yeah. she's from, right? I mean, come on. You wouldn't get the Puerto Rican element there, which you would obviously get in New York City, but... Um, um, it there. It's a can't miss fight. Thank you very oh, hey. much. It's That's a can't miss fight. Thank I appreciate you so much. that. All right. Uh, but it is can't miss if. Did that feel a little bit like mom and dad giving the kids like the kids finally turned twenty one or we're in international waters on the cruise after high school? Head, have a drink. Go ahead. You're going to do it anyway. At least we want to supervise you while you're on air. If you're going to get fired, if you're going to catch I a never, case. I never had parents like that ever. My parents were always like, if I catch you drinking, it's code of Hammurabi shit. <laughs> <laughs> like the Iron Sheik Persian clubs come out and they start. But that wasn't. They it. didn't. They didn't quite say I'll f your a and make you humble, but <laughs> <laughs> old country style. What's he say? Yes, I f your a and make you humble. Yes, yes. Um, wow, My we, Persian accent's pretty good, by the way. Yeah, shout out to uh, another Persian prince himself, uh, Shaquille Majori, a new new staffer here at CBS. Who you were certain was from Paris, France. Or Montreal, you know, a little bit of that French-Canadian vibe going. Luke, anything else you want to say about Paul Woodley, too? We're here in Tampa. This is the biggest combat sports fight, in, they're saying, in Tampa history. It's not a noted fight stop. You know, we've had a few fighter boxers. Jeff Leftwick Lacey was from this greater area. Um, are you expecting a, a diverse turnout for Saturday night in the Amelie Arena in Tampa? We could see fans that are not here for the MMA and boxing, Luke. Yeah, I'm expecting a gathering of the Juggalos. Um, <laughs> it is Florida. Uh, 
Not sure who else is here besides fans of Insane Clown Posse and Meth Addicts, but... I don't think they sell masks in this state, Luke. You know? I think masks are literally illegal here. It's like, do you care about COVID? Get the fuck out of my state. <laughs> do you walk around here? I just, I just, people don't care. They just... You're, they're like, get that shit off your face. Your friend from your fraternity, he's a lawyer. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm proud of you, Luke. I heard you won an award, but I ain't never watching that shit one time. That's yes, more, he, I'm paraphrasing. He, he told everybody here yeah. how little he watches of what I do. He's like, but I hear good things. Like, wow, it sounds just like somebody else I know, a.k.a. Yeah. everyone else in my family. All right. Hey, Luke, this one's to you, though, okay? Mm. Because for all the thanks that we've rightfully given and, and accepted and all that for this whole award business, um, Luke, you know, I don't, I don't get here without you, okay? I don't get you. But I don't get here without you. You know what I, I mean? Feel, I feel very similarly. Yeah. You are a enigma wrapped in uh, CTE, but uh, but but I don't get here without you as well. So that worked worked out quite nicely. Yeah. Whereas here, when, when, here's the big question: When are our wives going to meet each other, and are they going to get along? I hope they'll probably talk bad about us the whole. They time. They probably will. They probably will. Yeah. Uh, but I have, I tell you this: I have a very strong suspicion that our wives are going to get along really well. Like, like to the point where it's going to be uncomfortable because they're going to ask to hang out. And, and like, like swap like, partners. We're like, like, fuck we're Brian like, Campbell. We're like, I, you know, I, I'm not into this guy on that level. I can't do that, you know? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, I don't have much else to say about the fight except I'll just reiterate one more time. We've been down this road with these guys enough where how many times has there been memorable fight action? You can go be like, hey, remember that Paul fight round seven or blah, blah, blah? You can remember that round four had the one where he nearly knocked down. Uh, uh, Tyron nearly knocked down Jake. But other than that, there's not a whole lot to hang your hat on in these fights. And I just feel like you don't have to have a slugfest per se. No one has to get stretchered out. That's not what I'm asking. But I am saying where in the case of Tyron Woodley, seven of eight rounds, you only had one jab. It's just not enough. And if you're Jake and you're pot-shotting, you're probably going to get your hand raised. And I do think the incentive structure for him to not fuck this up for himself is going to mean he's probably going to be a little bit more reserved than he's indicating. But if you're a tyrant, you really have a, not just an opportunity, you kind of have a bit of an obligation, obligation. to sell yourself for 2022. To, to, and to make sure, like, to try to extend that bag, as we said, or if this is your last huge fight, you got to go out swinging. So here's the deal about this, though, Luke. The biggest question we have about the idea of how, you know, if it's Jake for real, well, not like for real, for real, he's, you know, one of the best in this genre, in this crossover genre, for sure. He takes it serious. He's legit. He's got some decent wins, and he's climbing the ladder. The one thing we don't know is something we talked about on, on the live stream of the intangibles, the backbone. Can he get up off the canvas? Can he fight through that? Woodley's actually proven that at a high level, right? He's been in big fights. He's gotten hurt. He's sustained. You know, maybe he doesn't have some great dramatic come-from-behind win to hang his hat on, but he's been a guy who's been through the wars. He's going to probably be more comfortable, Right. If this becomes an actual fight, not a boxing match, an actual fight, I think skills, he knows I think how to handle himself. Fights, man. Right, but one thing, he, and he respects Jake's power, and I respect that he is that. Clay, he, he, he called it Robbie Lawler power. He knows it's thudding. He knows he can get hurt with it. But, Luke, he doesn't know, and we don't know how Jake acts. We saw Jake's volume go down once he was knocked into the ropes in round four of the first fight. You know, the posture changed a little bit. I think he was a little bit more there to box and try to hang on and win. But Woodley's got to find that out for us, doesn't he, Luke? He does. Woodley can make it messy for sure. Woodley can... What else? 
Obviously, he's got the power. We know that. He's got the experience. But I don't know if he's got the cardio. He can sing. He can rap. He can, well, that's also pretty good. What's his hit? What's that? What's that? You know? I'll beat your ass. Yeah. I was wanting to do the, come on, be my baby tonight. You know, real world. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, David. Uh, yeah. Something about, like, I don't know those other thugs you've been with. Come, come on, be my baby tonight. Come on, be my baby Everything tonight. he's telling you is a lie, just so you know. He has advanced CTE. He really does. Luke it's a really true out thing. To, uh, his buddy, his buddy Ryan. I'd love to get him on and talk more no, stories. Fuck okay. No. No. All right. We are not doing that. Well, we might get some tonight, though. We'll see how that goes. Um, I hope. I'm, I hope I can get a free dinner out of Showtime tonight. You know. Well, I mean, I'm going to dine and dash, so it ain't going to be me paying one way or the other. Oh wow! Well, you ever well. dined and dashed in a non-fast food establishment? What does that even mean, Luke? Do you know what dine and dashing is? So that's running out on the check. Yes, yeah, running out. Yeah, on the check. I, I see. I always thought my friends and I agree with this. Bogo, he gets it. That the times we've done that to people, which is just a heinous, it's crime, an awful thing to do. Yeah, that we've paid back, we've paid it, we've been, we've paid for it later in life through some of the hardships we had to go through. Every time I've gone through some really hard shit, do you know the first thing I think of? That waitress at the uh, ribs place in Cheshire, Connecticut, game seven of the 2001 World Series, that waitress, when she realized we ran out on like a $300 bill because we were just absolute dirt holes, you know? <laughs> uh, I paid for that. I paid for that throughout the rest of my life for a while. I'm telling you that. Hey, right? could our teeth be more yellow? I just want Look at that guy with a two-by-four back there. Guys, that guy's a key grip. <laughs> no, I mean like, you know, literally. His, grip is, his grip is key. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. All right. We got a UFC fight night card this weekend, Luke. Yes. Uh, H weights the top of it as Derek Lewis, a Chris Dawkins, two-time former title challenger. That'd be correct in saying, right? He fought Derek Lewis. I think he fought for the title twice, right? He fought um, Cormier, obviously, and then he fought who else for it? Francis? Fight, no. Uh, Volkov? No. Did he fight Gone? Am I making stuff up? No. He I'm did not. fight Gone for the interim title. Okay, so that's Gon kind of a two-time uh, title challenger. Against a rising Phoenix that is known as Philadelphia's Chris Dawkins. Five straight wins, four in the UFC. All four UFC appearances have ended by knockout. Luke, he can throw. So this is his... Similar to fellow rising heavyweight Tom Aspinall, this is his, like, okay, now you got to prove it. Luke, the deep end of the pool is called Derek Lewis. He, Chris Dawkins will be swimming there on Saturday, Luke. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes, he certainly will be. Chris Dawkins, he's an interesting challenge for Derek Lewis because he's an in-your-face type. He's not as obviously heavy-handed as Derek Lewis, but he likes to win with the KO as well. He likes to put it on people in his own kind of way, a little bit more speech chest than, like, single power shots. He's a very good boxer for an MMA fighter. And a police officer as well out there in the Philadelphia area. So um, it's interesting, right? You would favor the experience and then the pure power of someone like Derek Lewis. But you might favor the speed. You might favor the volume work of someone like Dawkins. But Dawkins, with that volume work, is going to have to be careful against a Derek Lewis who can play possum at times during the rounds quite craftily and then find a way to get the, the knockout or the win um, police very, very late in the fight have had mixed results getting into the octagon. Of course, we've seen Jermaine Durandamy, the former inaugural, right? Women's. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hero! 
New CBS Monday. NCIS! Here's where we can see them. NCIS and NCIS Hawaii return with all new cases. Double tap to the chest, one to the head. These guys are professionals. All new criminals. Finally, not letting the gut here. Walking to paradise. And all new crimes to be solved. If you're watching this, I've been arrested. What are the charges? Just one. Murder. New NCIS and NCIS Hawaii, Monday, starting at 9, 8 central, on CBS, and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Flyweight, no, featherweight, featherweight. champion. Mm -hmm. And then there's part. Sean Gannon on the other side, former Boston cop. He may have beaten Kimbo in a building, but um, who was the guy? Brandon Lee McCorkle, who was it? Brandon Lee Hinkle. Hinkle, um, he, put, he put it on him. He, put, he, he destroyed him. Yeah, yeah. Gannon yeah. had some bad tats for that fight, too, you know? Yeah, he also looked like uh, Bobby from King of the Hill. Um, <laughs> wow. I mean, he did a little bit, you know. Okay. All right. Uh, Dawkins is more put together, more a legitimate threat. But, Luke, he's, you know, well, X doesn't know this on Friday, but he's going to have to step up in class. I mean, he's going to have to raise his game. It's not that Derek Lewis doesn't have holes that you can potentially get the better of. And, Luke, I want to ask, ask you this right now. Um, when you people try to wrestle Derek Lewis, I mean, he's big. But people try to wrestle him. Is Dawkins a good wrestler? He's, an, he's a decent wrestler. Uh, certainly it's part of his game he can mix in. Whether or not he'll have the energy or the strength or the willingness to do that on, on Derek Lewis remains to be seen. But you know, obviously you can also point out something here about Chris Dawkins. This is a big fight for him where you can get to a stage in UFC heavyweight division in particular. I mean, this is true of every division, but it's especially true in heavyweight where you can get three, four, five, sometimes six fights, and you're not fighting anyone of a real big name, and then you've got someone with a real big name. This is the Chris Dawkins, hi, I'm here fight, if he can get the win, where he can not only beat someone who is highly ranked or well-regarded and certainly has been in some big fights in the UFC's heavyweight division, but now you can say, my place is among them. Derek Lewis doesn't get that with a win over Dawkins. That's almost like hold your position, hold yes. off the next guy in line fight. This is another main event for Derek Lewis. Right, right? but for Chris Dawkins, this is a huge fight for him. I hope he goes for it. You got to. To beat Derek Lewis, you got to stand up to the bully, Luke, right? Also on this card, the co-main, Stephen right. Thompson taking on Bilal Muhammad. It's a great fight. Um, early thoughts about how that might go. I mean, this is the right opponent for Bilal to continue his quest to try to prove to us that he's very legit, right? Totally. Beyond what that, that the nice streak would have showed you. How much does Stephen Thompson have left? I think a lot, Luke. So this is going to be a very tough technical fight unless Bilal can use the, you know, the aggression and the power to try to make it not, right? I mean, he's, this is going to be interesting whether what type of adjustments Bilal can make so that Wonderboy doesn't make him fight his fight. Because that point fighting karate fight, yo, he'll beat, he'll beat your ass with And Wonderboy was talking about how he wants to do this late into his career, like late into his 30s and early 40s. And I'm like, why? But if he wants to, Who's he the, Who win. has proven to be the best old-timer in, in, in MMA history? Is it, is it Randy Couture? Randy, for sure. I mean, he, who was, was, the mo he was the most... Like, he was up until 47. I mean, imagine if Glover did this for five more years. That's how long Couture did it. You know, like Anderson Silva was doing it late, but it was it was a lot of losses in there. Yeah, Randy Couture was, was something. Uh, and then Bernard, obviously, on the boxing side, right? Yeah, absolutely. George Foreman, big moment. Big moment, Luke. Okay? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's not quite where we're at here. But yeah. um, uh, same thing. If Bilal Muhammad gets this win, that's and, your signature win well, for you'll, sure. Well, you'll remember the name indeed. Indeed, you'll remember the name. And also, his, that song he walks out to, My Blood is Palestinian, is just fucking awesome. Um, but if Stephen Thompson gets this win, where is he? Because it still feels like he's kind of holding position, right? I said to you that I'm. I wonder. It's a little cheeky to say this. If if there's still one more run to a title Ooh. shot, and you were like, "Hell no, 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 it's closed." You were like, "Fuck that shit, man." 
I think what this is a big enough win where you know he kind of lingers. He's lingering. He's lingering, Luke. Right? Yeah, I've been Larry Kinging this season. <laughs> oh God, that means for... Luke is just just Dutch ovening this entire backdrop just, here. That's... I love being on planes because you can just fart audibly and they can't do anything about it. Uh, on the women's straw weight, Amanda Lemos or Lemos takes on Angela Hill. Tough fight for uh, Hill, but a good one, just the same. What what does that division always do, Luke? Delivers. It makes delivers. it makes you horny. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh well I mean I like flyway too. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, wow, Luke. Uh, yeah, okay. Um it's an, it's a decent final Come here. final card of the year. I like that the UFC <laughs> Spitfire. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, I like that the U- <laughs> that the UFC is uh, closing shop earlier. We don't you don't need New Year's Eve. You know, giant pay-per-views. Let's close up shop for the year now, okay? Is that your way of saying you don't like Asian promotions? <laughs> Once again. That was like an act of, it was it was both an act of love and an act against you. You were like, fuck Japanese <laughs> MMA. I don't give uh, a shit. Yeah, that went, it went down the, it, it got framed incorrectly. Damn. Uh, also on this card, Carlos Diego Fajeda's taking on Mateus Gamrot. Remember when Carlos Rafael Diego Fajeda was a thing, man? Yes. Uh, Rafael Sunsa taking on Ricky Simone. I like that fight. I like that fight a lot. It's a decent fight, but here's the one that's kind of interesting. To open that card, Cub Swanson taking on Darren Elkins. Dude, Cub is still trying to wring out the sponge and see exactly what he's got left. Darren Elkins is going to help us find out. Let's be straight that's a up. tough fight. You're always honest about things about MMA. Are you ready for this, Luke? Mm-hmm. I need to ask you a very honest question. Yes. Is Elkin's chest tattoo the worst tattoo in MMA? It's not great. I mean, it's not great. Brock Lesnar's uh, penis sword is up there, too. It's not. Yeah, that's also not great. Um, what about my hat tie? Do you, do you support that, at least? I don't like that one, no. Yeah, it's kind of... I wouldn't tell him that, though. No, certainly not. I would tell him it's the best tattoo I've ever seen, yeah. but... Um, I mean, Mr. Hebos, you've you've had some issues with his tattoo game as well. You, you it's know, not great. He has Spitfire on his forearm, you know what? Not that one. No, not, Emily, not the one you were calling. No, out. he has Emily Whitmire. Wow. Mr. Hebos has El- Emily Whitmire on. His oh forearm. yes, and, and a man. Well, I getting, wanted to getting, ask her. Getting choked. So but, I almost. So she made a. She's going to make a cameo appearance. You'll in see doc her in number the doc, six. Yeah. And I was going to ask her, but I'd have the guts in the moment. You know, like the rest of your life, you're going to be on that man's forearm. You know what I mean? She probably would have punched you in the face and choked you out, which I would have adored. Wow. Um, this card this weekend's not great. I mean, the the. I like it. The UFC card. Yeah, I like it. People don't think I like UFC, Luke. I love that shit, okay? That is always weird to me that people are like, I don't even know if he watches MMA. I'm like, he watches a lot of MMA. Why would you? I don't. And ever since you Dom cruised me, I've been watching a lot more, you know, you know, tape study and stuff. You know, I feel like Dom Capers, right? How, what did you think about the media turnout today? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, we saw um, friends, in our, friends in the media. Mike Heck introduced himself from yep. MMA Fighting. Shout out to him. We saw Mark Raimondi. Um, no schmo today. I guess he's uh, coming in later. Corey would like us to move on to the end of the show, the quick hitters. Fine, let's go to quick hitters. I don't even have the list. Corey, how about you announce what we're going to talk about on the show, please? Is your live mic live? Yeah, I know. Uh, All right. So Nate Diaz was here today. As we talked about, he's going to be cornering his teammate Chris Avila in this boxing match, a rematch with Anthony Taylor. They fought in Bellator. Now they're going to fight in boxing. We didn't get a chance to talk to Nate, but, Luke, the report out there was BJPenn.com citing somebody. Yes. Is that Nate's deal with the UFC has extended? But you said, hold on, BC, there's a difference between signing a contract extension and the company extending your deal beyond your control. If they offer you a fight and you decline it, you do not have to take the fight. You have the right to decline it, but they have the right to extend your contract either three or six months whenever you do. 
So that's the that's the lesson there. They're, oh, here, take the Chamaya fight, and he's like, "Fuck off! I'm not taking the Chamaya fight." And they're like, "Great, well, you just your contract has now lasted longer. So even if the fight is you satisfy the fight on the condition of the contract, a they can put that fight later in the like six months later, or you can have it on regular schedule, and then you can't even begin to talk about who you might fight or where until that period has you know finished. So it's just a way of creating some more problems. Uh, we'll see when he is really up as a free agent, Luke. If he gets a chance to test his value on the open market, and the open market does mean potentially a Jake Paul crossover boxing mm-hmm. match or whatever he wants in boxing or MMA or crossover fighting. I mean, he could be fighting Mike Perry and BKFC for all I know. Don't you want to see him at this point in his career at his age with all the inactivity get a chance to call those shots, Luke? Yes, I think a fight, you don't realize it until you get here and you see stuff like this. Dude, a Nate Diaz versus Jake Paul fight, you guys might hate it. I'm not telling you to like it. You don't have to like it at all. How big would it be? It would be fucking huge. Absolutely huge. And you can like that fact or you can hate that fact. That's fine. I'm not here to police so, your attitude about it, but just a question of how big it would be would be enormous. Yeah, there's a lot of people that would cash in on that fight, and two of them are sitting right here, Luke. That's true. I would make money off that. You got any, you got any more of Pena's throwing shots at people, Luke? Oh, I mean, I don't know what the fuck this is. Why don't you just read it, Luke, okay? Read the... I don't have the thing because it doesn't Corey, pull what, up the right it link. Again? It doesn't pull up the right link for me. This is a debacle. This is a debacle. Okay, Juliana Pena said uh, Kayla Harrison would be, quote, a lesser partner and is throwing shots at her. If I'm Juliana Pena, I want the money from the newness rematch. I don't want to be fighting Kayla Harrison anytime soon. Luke, am I crazy? Why would you want to fight Kayla Harrison? That'd be the worst. Yeah, it'd be the worst idea ever. All right, here we go. I got it now. Okay, PFL announces Challenger Series. The PFL Challenger Series will debut on Friday, February 18th, 2022, and will stream on Friday nights exclusively on Fubo TV. Prospects will have the chance to duke it out and impress a guest panel that will cha- change from week to week and will feature celebrities such as NFL stars like Ray Lewis, may or may not stab you, Todd Gurley, oh and boxing legends such as Mike Tyson. Doesn't Ray so- Lewis work for this company? I'm, I'm just teasing. It's just a joke. The celebrity guest panel will decide the official outcomes of the fights themselves, but will play a significant role in determining which fighters will earn PFL contracts. Yay or nay? Uh, it's hard for me to say nay because I've been saying nay about PFL for a while, and what they do this year, they kind of made me a believer. So, hey, shout out to that betting guy they got. We got a chance to talk with him at length. Um, Ian, um, Jesus, what the fuck is his yeah, last name? Yeah, the guy, Ian. Yeah, Ian. I'm just going to say Rappaport. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Ian Rappaport, I'll tell you that much. The betting guy. People know this guy. He works for ESPN now. The betting guy from PFL. Anyone going to help us out? I'm going to say up? Ian. The European. <laughs> oh, wow, this is just. I'm a little hot, tired, rather. Yeah. Uh, um, all right, last but not, I don't care about Fubo. I just don't. I'm not paying for Fubo. Those tattoos are Fubar, Luke. <laughs> Fucked up beyond. What? Ian Parker, yes. Um, Thank you, Manich. Next on your list of quick hitters. Dominic Cruz interested in a Jose Aldo fight. Quote, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say no to an Aldo fight. Because that moves me closer to the title. Aldo's a legend in the sport. I have nothing but respect for all these guys. So I'm trying to go. I'm trying to go towards the title. He says I'm not going to say no to. All right, I would rather have Jose versus T.J. Dillashaw, though. Hey, can these guys make more noise behind us? I want. I want. I want Dillashaw versus. Um... Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I don't think a Cruz versus Aldo fight is bad by any stretch. Hardly top of my list for either of them. Is there an older guy that you'd like to see against Cruz? Because I, it's like, do I want to see him against a song you don't know? Do I want to see him against, you know what I mean? Like, 
This is, I mean, he's fought Faber enough times. Who Who was out there, Luke? Who would you like to see? I'm not one of those guys that's trying to get him to the old man fights. I, I think if he had the new man fights, he'd be fine. Okay. Uh, then how about him against Song Yudong? You know that? Ryan Bader's going to fight Valentin Moldovsky, Bellator 273, January 29th. Yay. That's for the undisputed right, Bellator be, heavyweight champion. The interim versus the established weight class champion. Uh, and then last but not least, I found this one pretty interesting. Uh, Kevin Lee has signed with Eagle FC. Sergey Heratonov will fight Tyrone Spong. Uh, this will take place January 28th at the FLX Arena in Miami. The event will be shown on UFC Fight Pass. Also, Hendon Burrell will face Horacio Gutierrez, and this is supposed to be the event where Bigfoot Silva fights probably the 15th time. Yeah, they replaced him with Karatanov. Oh, they did? Oh, he's the one stepping he's in. Because uh, okay, right. I think they heard our show, and they're like, oh, shit. Yeah, well, I mean, I, he get, I mean, honestly, if Florida will license him, they'll license anybody, but you get the idea. What do you think Florida would license me to do? S.A.D. under a bridge? I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> You see that eye? You see the eye? Oh, oh wow. look at that eye. Wow. wow. This might be our worst show. Low pan will reappear. Oh, my God. What happened? Look, why low? This might be our worst show ever. Just our, I mean, what a, what a horrific effort by us, the staff, that key grip. Well, listen, we gave them what we had for the, what you call it, the stream, and then we just died on the vine right there. Then they started offering us drinks, and I was like, <laughs> I'm not doing this fucking show anymore. You got any more of them quick hitters? Um, oh, hey, shout out to Brendan Shaw. He announced his, his exit. He did. He is departing Showtime in like two weeks, basically. So uh, thanks to Brendan for making MK possible, I would actually He did argue. open the door for us did, on his channel. Less so for you. You were already in the door at Showtime a little bit before, no, but I had yeah, no right. intro. I didn't get hired because of Brendan. I'm saying we, we started this on his channel, which means we That's were right. exposed That's to right. his subscribers as, as a newborn. And, and then they made us start from scratch, and I wanted to cry. Yeah, they, they did do that. So uh, I'm not a numbers guy, but Brendan was a big part of it. So thank you. Good luck to you. We got to try to... Can you bring him up without these subtle digs that only <laughs> me and... I was actually going to give 50, him a compliment other people get. and say I'm super excited to try Tiger Thick Whiskey. So I want to... Uh, I was hoping maybe we can do a little RSD with it. Do I'll think? do that. I'll do that. All right. And yeah. I'll be honest. If it sucks balls, I'll say it. You were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were. Uh, Rogan? Joe Rogan? What about him? Um, he's probably like 5'3". <laughs> he's not tall. No, no. Tall. It, is, it is alarming. Before it became cool to say that, I used to say that because I saw him for the first time at UFC 199 in 2016, right? Yeah. L.A., the forum. And then he stood up, and I was like, oh, shit, bro. Yeah, he's not tall. Yeah. All right, well, yeah, we're done. I mean, this is the worst fucking show ever, ever. I mean, it's just embarrassing that we kept people here to do this. Uh, all right, that's Brian Campbell. We will be back on. So, Tona, let's set the table here just a little bit. Tomorrow at 1 p.m., 1 p.m., uh, Snyder. What time is the presser tomorrow? 1, 1 p.m.? 1 p.m., yeah. yeah 1 so 1 p.m., me and BC will be hosting the presser for this fight tomorrow. We'll be, check that out. Friday, we're hosting the weigh-ins as well. We will have an MK that we'll also probably punt on, and then some other stuff in between. Um, MorningCombat at gmail.com for your fan subs as well as anything else. Give us a follow on all the various social media. Hey, can you ruffle that microphone more so we can hear it, you fucking gorilla? Um and, uh, yeah, go get drug rugs at uh, morningcombat.store. Don't touch me. Don't, don't touch my personal space. All right. <laughs> For Brian Campbell, who touches himself at the bus stop, this is what he does to the MILFs at the bar. I'm out of here. Luke Thomas, Brian Campbell. We'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs>
Citizen sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. This is the start of something major. Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho college murders. There's plenty of places to hide a weapon. And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Where are the roommates It at? is a huge night. I want the truth from you. Hashtag cyber sleuths. The Idaho murders now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.